The following podcast is the audio version of a previously broadcasted program. It may contain words and expression which might require watching. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We also welcome your comments, your suggestions, and yes, your criticism. For details on our broadcast, please visit sluza.com. That's S-L-O-O-Z-A-R.com. That's Sluza.com. The podcast begins next. How does one make sense of the notes? Talking points, sound bites, bickering of self-serving politicians, constituent too full of hatred to unite, hypocrisy, lies, deception running rampant in Washington. Is it all politics? Join me every day at 11 a.m. on Sousa for discussions on social political issues which might impact your lives and those of future generations. See you soon. Is there hope for America? No, seriously. Is there hope for America? My name is Mike Duchenne, and this is Lusa, the place for common sense. Today is Saturday, July 17, 2021. For those of you who watched this program before, of course, this question is pretty familiar to you because we have been asking this question for quite some time now. It's outdated maybe, it's old, but it's an important question. Is there hope for America? Now we've all been in this predicament where if you're too close to a situation, you cannot really see what's going on. You cannot really even determine what's going on. We have many examples in our personal life that provide us some sort of window as to how difficult for us to see the actual predicament when we are too close to the situation. For instance, a doctor, a surgeon, probably the best surgeon in the world, would be ill-advised to operate on 
a family member that's dying. Now you would think it makes perfect sense. The best individual, the best, the most respected known expert in the world would be a success for that individual to operate on a loved one that's dying. But experience teaches us that just the opposite would be true. Because imagine that individual make a mistake. Now, if operating on an, a different individual, could have recovered from it because there is no emotion attached. There is, uh, uh, it's more objective, more logical. But if a mistake is made while operating on a family member, which you know that mistake could lead to that individual death, automatically, your mind doesn't work the same way anymore because it's a family member. It's someone you love, someone you don't want to lose. So I tell you all that for a reason. Most people live their lives knowing or thinking that they know what's right or what's wrong. I challenge you before asking a very simple question. Do you think you are smart? Most individuals who go to school, went to school, especially those who went to Ivy League school, those who graduated, those who have a degree, master, some even a PhD, would not even hesitate a second to say, of course I'm smart. I graduated at the top of my class. I graduated cum laude. I mean, come on, I'm smart. Now, if that is true, then if we have all those people, especially those who went to school, to college, those who graduated, those who by measure of society are considered smart people, successful people, some of them financially stable individual, middle class, upper middle class, some even in the upper echelon of society, of the social status. Then those people, by those measures, would be considered smart individual, would be considered successful individual. Much unfortunately, those gauges that we use in our society of wrong gauges to use to measure an individual ability to understand an individual wisdom and individual intelligence. I'm sure you come across situation in your personal life, or even if it's not directly impactful to you, where you say, who made that decision? When you ask that question, it's obvious you're saying more than just asking the question. Who made that decision? That means that person must have been pretty dumb to make such decision. There is the predicament we as a country we're living in 
having people making decisions that impact our lives, not just today, but will impact our children, our grandchildren, will impact future generations, will impact the future of the country. Is there hope for America? We've been asking that question, not for the sake of asking, but because all the various myriads of things that have been going on in the country, in the world even, lead us to ask that question, is there hope for America? Now that's not a question to just shrug off and move on, to just think it's just another one of those, you know, liberal who don't know what he's talking about. Because such a question requires a little bit of thinking and requires an honest answer. If you have not paid attention, just a few years ago, the United States of America was considered the undisputable leader in the world. Friends, enemies, allies, all of them look up to the United States of America for guidance when tragedy happened, when catastrophe happened, no matter what was going on in the world, whether it's friends, allies, or even enemy, they literally, if we could capture those moments in time, you would have seen the whole world stop to wait for the United States of America to take the lead and do something about it, whatever it happened to be. That's it, just a few short years ago. That's the way it was. And that's the reason our politician never miss an opportunity to say, we are the greatest country in the world. And believe it or not, whether that was true, whether that was widely accepted, nobody ever challenged that. Until now, what happened? In 2016, the United States of America proved to the world that there are millions of Americans who are ignorant, millions of Americans who are not smart, millions of Americans who are, who are willing to destroy the country that has been the envy of the world in order to elect one of the most despicable individuals that ran for the Oval Office. During the election, we remember much too well, it was a joke. In fact, if you were paying attention to social media, it was a joke across the world that we have an individual that's an entertainment in the campaign for the presidency of the United States. But no one, and by no one, I mean not a single soul on the face of this planet, even thought on the idea that that joker, 
that despicable human being could ever become president of the United States. And the reason the whole world was duped is because we here in the United States never imagined that we had that many ignorant people in our midst that would forego electing a smart and intelligent someone who is concerned about the fate of the country over a moron. And we found out the hard way that there are enough of those people in the Republican Party to elect exactly that type of individual. And following that, now the whole world knows that not only the United States is not the greatest country in the world, but they also crafting their own future without the United States of America. Now, our country is no longer the leader in the world. Joe Biden has been trying the hardest to prove that the United States is still the country that you are allies, you are friends, used to rely on. It's not happening. Even after the election of 2020, that gave us another individual as president of the United States, the rest of the world continue to work to make certain that if something similar were to happen to the United States of America, they would not have to be in a state of shock anymore. They would be prepared to go it alone. For the first time since the existence of the United States of America, that our allies, our friends, know they can no longer close their eyes and count on the United States of America and seek the leadership of America because American, at least half the country, prove there is nothing smart about their decision. And as such, the world is not sleeping. The world is not waiting for the United States of America. So the greatest country in the world was wrong for a period of time by the slimiest crook that has ever occupied the Oval Office. Now go and try to convince those who acted that way that was the case. Try to prove to them that was the case and see what you get. The United States of America will never be the same. And that's the reason we keep asking the question, is there hope for America? Because America has been on the decline. And the election of the most despicable individual in 2016 has exacerbated the situation. And today, we find ourselves in a predicament that we're not even certain we can get out of. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. 
The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. My name is Mike Duchesne, and this is Sousa, the place for common sense. Um, is there hope for America? We don't ask this question just to be funny. We don't ask the question because we don't have any other question to ask. We ask the question because, first of all, it's a very extremely important question. And second, it is the essence of what the future, at least the answer to the question, is the essence of what the future will hold. Yes, we have a short problem because we're not talking about critical race theory here. So we're going to take a, uh, let's see if we can, uh, maybe not. We're going to come back because today we're going to talk about a very different topic uh, that will help us hone in on uh, what is currently going on across the country. And in order to do so, of course, we have to address the topic of the day, which is what we will do in just in a little while once we have this problem taken care of. The hotly contested presidential election is over, but the challenges that lie ahead for this new administration are many and very difficult. Yes, we voted out the destructor of our norms, but our job is not done. The Biden administration will face a very corrupt and uncooperative Republican Party in both the House and the Senate. In 2009, in the midst of a devastating recession with unemployment rising, bankruptcy multiplying, the economy cratering, Mitch McConnell opposed everything Obama tried to do to remedy the situation. It is naive to think it will be different this time. The country simply cannot rely on Republicans. So let's not. Join us live every Saturday at 11 a.m. to bring forth ideas to combat those challenges. Together, we can help rebuild America with Joe. See you soon. Once again, welcome to Sousa, the place for common sense.
My name is Mike Duchenne, and today is Saturday, July 17, 2021. Last weekend, there was something that was going on. Well, but first of all, let's talk about COVID. Remember COVID? There was a time when this first started that the, the state of the country was in complete disarray because we had the most despicable human being in the Oval Office, someone who didn't give it there. And the pandemic ravaged the country. At some point, the country was closed. Well, every activity with Joe Biden, things began to change. And then we find out now, just a few weeks ago, what just happened? Well, if you look at on the left side of the screen, you would know. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. Well, we were talking earlier about uh, this state of affair of uh, the spread of the COVID pandemic. Uh, in the beginning, we had really things begun uh, not too good for the United States. In fact, the whole world uh, was coping, well, still is, coping with uh, the spread of the COVID pandemic. Uh, but something happened along the way that the scientific community, the med medical community, rushed to get to put out a vaccine. And uh, a few months back, we had a number of those uh, places uh, of those pharmaceutical companies like Moderna, Pfizer, Novavax, uh, Johnson & Johnson, that rushed a vaccine out. And since then, the world, it's been some sort of reprieve from the world, for the world here in the United States of America as well. And with so many choices of vaccine available and a new president in the Oval Office, then hope sets in. Joe Biden ran on the platform that 
his priority, priority number one, is going to be taking care of this problem that uh, claimed the lives of so many people in the United States. And as such, when he became president, sure enough, that's exactly what he did. And ramping up resources and buying enough vaccine so that people can be vaccinated. And it works. It actually works because, uh, uh, in all fairness, since he has done that, we've seen a number of people going and actually getting vaccinated. And that has been good for the country. And that's the reason that uh, lifting of uh, places, a lot of places, school, businesses, etc., across the country that were locked down on lockdown and those regulations, those rules been lifted. And of course, with a new president in the Oval Office, that's encouraging people to follow the rules, the guideline of the CDC. A lot of individuals who are concerned about their family safety and so on have been doing exactly that. And that's actually helped. And we've seen so many people being vaccinated, uh, travel, restaurant, etc. A lot of activities that were on hold now start ramping up. Now, travel is not where it's supposed to be, but it starts ramping up. And a lot of people have come to the realization as well that uh, taking those precautions is not just good for them, for them, but it's good for the world, it's good for the economy, because if businesses have to close down, then obviously a lot of people have to go back and stay at home, not have a job, businesses have to be closed, etc., just the way it was before. So people getting vaccinated is good for the United States of America. Now, as you can see on the screen on the left-hand side, we have, uh, at some point, there were more than 800,000 people that were being vaccinated I do not quite recall uh, if it were for per week uh, or per day. And that was a great, a great stride in uh, the number of people being vaccinated. But if you pay attention to the two circle, you would notice that there is a, a, a drastic drop between the top circle, which is the larger, and the smaller circle. And the smaller circle uh, represent are less than half now of people being vaccinated across the country. And to make matters worse, there is a new variant of the pandemic. It's the Delta variant. And according to experts, that variant, it's easier, it's more transmissible, and also it's more deadly. As you can see, 99.2% of fatalities since vaccine have been administered are from people who were not vaccinated. 99.2%. It's almost like saying if you are vaccinated, you are spared from becoming a casualty of the pandemic. I don't think you need a degree in anything in order for you to see that the best course 
or the only course of action is to get vaccinated. I don't think you need a, a, a degree for that. Those numbers are not numbers pulled out of a hat. Those numbers are provided based on data collected by CDC, and those data have CDC come out with that percentage. They look at all the people that have been vaccinated. Now they're looking at the casualty, the fatalities of uh, individuals, and they found out that 99.2% of the people who actually fall victim of the pandemic are people who are not vaccinated. So in other words, there is no argument, no logic that anyone can come up with to say, I have no reason to be vaccinated. Unless you're suicidal, unless you don't care about family members, unless you don't care about your coworker, your neighbors, your loved one, then there is no argument you can bring forth to the table to say, I'm not gonna be vaccinated. But if you pay close attention on the screen right in front of us, it shows that 93% of Democrats, people who identify themselves as Democrat, have either been vaccinated or plan to be vaccinated. On the Republican side, it's just slightly under 50%. Meaning Republicans saying, I don't care. I'm not going to be vaccinated. I mentioned before, if the behavior of individuals in the Republican uh, circle, in the Republican domain, if those behavior were going to affect just those individuals, then we could have just shrugged off and say, well, to hell with them. If they don't want to be vaccinated, they die, they die. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. So let's take a look shortly so that we can figure out exactly why would anybody want to find themselves in a predicament that jeopardizes their lives, jeopardizes the lives of their family, and threaten? That's the most important part. And threaten to take the country back to where it was when uh, the pandemic forced the government to put the country in lockdown. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, 
The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. My name is Mike Duchenne, and this is Souza, the place of common sense. Today is Saturday, July 17, 2021. We are talking about uh, how the decision made by a specific group in the country, mostly, exclusively, the Republicans, how those decisions are impacting our lives and threaten to impact the country in ways that we all will regret to have suffered of those decisions. You may recall during the administration of Donald Trump, He was waging a campaign of misinformation and disinformation about the spread of the virus. He wasn't just hiding the problem, but he was telling people things that would even encourage them to ignore the spread of the virus, to contribute to the spread of the virus. Uh, cases there surging once again. Attendees at the Conservative Political Action Conference this weekend erupted into cheers over the Biden administration's failure to hit its vaccine goal. Clearly, they were hoping, the government was hoping, that they could sort of sucker 90% of the population into getting vaccinated. And it, and, and it, and it isn't happening, right? There, there's a... What you just saw is a cover by CNN of what was happening at CPAC last weekend. That we have the Republican attending CPAC cheering because, well, there is a report that the goal that Joe Biden set to have so many people vaccinated, it did not reach that goal. Now, imagine that for a moment. Imagine that for a moment. American, not Russian, not North Korean, American, cheering because the president of the United States setting a goal to get most people vaccinated so that we can have control, we can wrap our hand around the spread of the pandemic. Republican cheering because the goal wasn't met. 
Now, those people will tell you they're patriot. They tell you they are Christian. They tell you they have more values. They will tell you anything that you want to hear or anything you care to hear because, well, they're hoping that you are as ignorant as stupid they are and their argument is great. Now, imagine that for a moment. People cheering because their president failed because it's not a Republican president. But they will tell you they are patriot. Oh no, they have no one telling you they are patriot. Yes, there is nobody else that loves the country as much as they do. They are patriot. But they cheer because the president of the United States did not meet a very important objective, which is to have so many people vaccinated so that we can control, we can wrap our hands around the spread of the pandemic. But they're smart people. They love the country. They are patriots. Imagine that. Now, I do understand that maybe you are watching this, or maybe a member of your family, maybe a friend, a colleague, Republican, that always has some sort of argument to convince you, oh, Democrats are evil, Democrats are bad. You should never be Democrat. As a matter of fact, I would rather be Russian than being a Democrat. If that sounds bad, extremely bad, it is. But do you know that's what a lot of Republicans are saying? No, I'm not making that up. I would rather be a Russian than being a Democrat. Yeah, those are the people on, with the same breath that's going to tell you, of course we are patriot. Of course we love our country. Politico put out a poll, a survey, a couple of months ago, in which 67% of the Republicans say they prefer Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, over Joe Biden, the American president. But the Republican would tell you, of course we are patriot. Of course we love the country. Those are the people today that are raising the next generation of Americans. If that doesn't scare you, because there are certain things when you tune into a network and you're listening to people talking, you may say, ah, oh, this is ideology. This is this, this is that. But we are at a point where you're having those individuals that think that way, that uh, young individuals, some of them are, have children, and those are the people that are making decisions for the next generation, that are educating the next generation, and that's the way that they're thinking. Or it's better to have a Russian president, the United States of America arch enemy, than to have an American president. I don't care how much you disagree with an individual. I don't care how much you hate 
the individual. If you come to the point where you can say that you prefer a Russian president over an American president, don't fool people saying that you are a patriot because you are not a patriot. You, and that's the sad part because those people would try to convince their children, try to convince family members, they are patriots saying those things. I always mention time and again here in this program that Donald Trump is a despicable human being. In fact, I resented the fact that we have a, an American president that was selling the country to the Russian president. Because it is not acceptable for any American to think it's okay for anyone to do so. When the Constitution talks about protecting the country from enemies, foreign and domestic, that was including in that clause, saying that if we have an American politician, president, that do those kind of things, then we as a country should make sure that that person is punished. But instead, the reason that the behavior of the Republicans towards Joe Biden is not that surprising is because they've been saying that for the longest. They would rather be Russian than being Democrats. So they've already, they've already said everything that they need to say. Being American is not a priority for them. Being patriot is just a, an expression that they use, but they could not give a damn about being a patriot. Eighty-two percent of Republicans say that Russians are less of a threat than Democrats. So as you can see, the problem that the country is, is going through, you can hate Democrats all you want, but this problem is caused exclusively by Republicans. It's the Republican leaders that set the stage for the Republican constituent to believe it is, to believe and to accept that it is okay to prefer Russia over America. It is okay to prefer a Russian president over an American president. It is okay to prefer Russian over your fellow American. And yet, they would not, they're not smart enough to realize that if you say something like that, and you think you are a patriot, and that's what explains the reason that today, the country now is finding itself in another really very, very bad predicament when it comes to the spread of the coronavirus. Despite the fact that we have vaccine readily available everywhere, we have three, already three vaccines that already approved by FDA. More are still being worked on. And there are other vaccines available outside the United States that we do not use here, meaning there are more vaccines available to take care of the problem of the spread of the virus. And yet, 
despite that fact, here in the United States, we see something that's happening, and that's also very scary, that there is an increase in the spread of the coronavirus. There has been an increase steadily that was happening, but today, as of this moment in time, we can tell you that in all 50 states in the United States of America, there have been increase in the number of infections. And the reason, if you look at the if you look at the trajectory of vaccination, you would notice that in uh, when we get to the month of April, from January, there was a steady increase in the number of people that were being vaccinated. But today, unfortunately, the number of people being vaccinated has gone down drastically. And the reason that we find ourselves in this predicament with a, an increase in the number of infections across the country is because less and less Republicans are being vaccinated. They cheered at the idea that the President of the United States did not meet the goal of having more people vaccinated. Yes, American. You're supposed to be American first. But American cheering at the idea that we as a country did not meet the objective of having more people vaccinated. And as such, the country is now in a predicament where it is not far-fetched to say that if this progression of increase in the spread of the virus continue, we are going to find ourselves in another period during which the government will have to put the country back in lockdown. Because the reason that the lockdown has been lifted is because there has been progress in the terms of the decrease in the number of infections, decrease in the number of casualties, and also increase in the number of vaccinations. But not only we are getting a decrease in the number of vaccinations, we are also getting an increase in the number of infections. It is, without a doubt, once you start getting increase in the number of infections, you're also going to get increase in the number of casualties. At some point, the government may have to make the difficult decision of again putting the country in lockdown, courtesy of the Republicans, exclusively Republicans. So you have to ask yourself the question, how in the world can an individual justify this type of behavior when we know exactly not we just telling you, but science provides us the information that what will happen if we do not follow the rules, the guidelines, and we do not get vaccinated. What will happen? And as such, we're watching evolving right under our eyes. 
that the United States of America is once again heading to a predicament that we may not like that much. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you just joined, my name is Mike Duchenne, and this is Souza, the place for common sense. I take this opportunity to invite you to follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, uh, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's that important because every time we start the program, we send an invite, and on the invite, there is a link which you can click on and it will take you bring you right here to this program so you don't have to look for where the program is being uh, uh broadcasted we are on twitter we are on facebook we are on youtube on twitch on uh, smashcast etc we have a number of places that this program is uh broadcasted uh so it would be fantastic that you can join us every time we have this program and of course you can also learn about me on about me slash mdushenwai so i hope you take this opportunity to subscribe to my youtube channel to follow me on twitter to follow me on facebook so you do not miss the opportunity of having this conversation that is usually most of the time are good to help with the future of this country now, we were talking uh, about the fact that the spread of the coronavirus, which was being controlled at some point because of the availability of vaccine, and also because there, was a, there has been a, a big uh, uh, push to get more people vaccinated, and now that we are approaching the uh the, the the this this threshold where most of the people that want 
to be vaccinated are being vaccinated, but there is a good swath of the Republican that decide they're not going to be vaccinated. As, as we showed you earlier at CPAC last week, Republicans who gathered at CPAC cheered at the idea that the objective to have so many people vaccinated was not met. American cheering at the idea of the President of the United States failing to meet his objective. And the objective that the president had in mind is not for himself, it's not for his family, it's for the population of the United States of America. But Republicans cheered at the idea that that goal was not met. You always have to ask yourself the question, because usually, me personally, Exchanges with my fellow Republican usually leave me jaw dropped. Because having a conversation with an individual can only help either way, either side or both sides, if both parties are smart enough to work towards that. If you're talking to an individual who insists on 2 plus 2 or 5, I can guarantee you, you're not going to get anywhere. Because no matter how many times you show that individual that 2 plus 2 are not 5, and if the individual continue to believe that 2 plus 2 are 5, you are wasting your time, no matter who that individual is. Whether it's a child, a parent, family member, a friend, an acquaintance, a relative, you are wasting your time. And this is the predicament that the United States of America is in today. Because we have the Republican leaders who now use lying to their constituent, deceiving them as a way to, to raise money and as such, they're not going to do anything different. We had in the Oval Office a serial liar, 57 lies per day in the course of four years. Now you would think because he's gone, all that is gone. Unfortunately, the Republican leaders in Washington, across the country, as a matter of fact, they see that as an opportunity for them to raise money. And they're not wrong. Republicans who are gearing up for the 2022 election have been raising money at an astounding pace. And here's the kicker. They're using the lies of the presidential election to raise money. They're able to raise money on lies and deception. This is America today, where you have Republicans who do not give a damn about what the truth is, who do not give a damn about what facts are, who simply want whatever they want at any cost, at all costs. It doesn't matter to them that it's destroying the country. We know that for a fact because we saw 
the Republican in Washington on January 6th ransacking the Capitol. But what we didn't see was the Republican leaders behind the scene doing exactly the same thing to the Constitution of the United States. So we know that Republicans have already made up their mind that destroying America is fair game if it means they're going to stay in power. They don't care about what the Constitution says. They could not give a damn about what the Constitution says if lying to their constituent, if deceiving their constituent is going to keep them in office, that's what they'll do. And they have been doing just that. In fact, six months since after the departure of the previous administration, the Republican leaders across the country have been using the lies, the deception to raise money. And they have been very successful doing so. So, is there hope for America? A few days ago, Joe Biden at, in Pennsylvania did uh, give a speech about this very predicament we're talking about. This very predicament we're talking about. Joe Biden gave a speech that says we ought to wake up we ought to do something about this issue. We call it, he call it a moral fight. He's urging American patriot, the true patriot, to challenge any effort restricting voting rights. Because voting is the pillar of our democracy. And Republican,
suppresses and subjugates. Denial of full and free and fair elections is the most un-American thing that any of us can imagine. The most undemocratic, the most unpatriotic, and sadly, not unprecedented. From denying enslaved people full citizenship until the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments after the Civil War, to nine women the right to vote until the 19th Amendment 100 years ago, the poll taxes and literacy tests and the Ku Klux Klan campaigns of violence and terror that lasted in the 50s and 60s, to the Supreme Court decision in 2013, and then again just two weeks ago, a decision that weakened the landmark Voting Rights Act, to the willful tax, election tax in 2020, and then whole other level of threat, the violence and the deadly insurrection on the Capitol on January 6th. I just got back from Europe, speaking to the G7 and the NATO. I wonder, not a joke, I wonder, God, I ask you, is Europe okay? The citadel of democracy in the world. And that is what has caused America to be in the predicament it is in today. I keep asking myself the question, if you have individuals who are leaders of a political party, those are the people that are working against the interests of America that tells their supporters, it is okay to work against the interests of America. And they're not just saying that. They're going around campaigning as if it is a good thing to do. And the sad part is the fact that the constituent, they go along with it. They believe it. They're actually promoting it themselves. That's the reason at CPAC last week, you have Republicans cheering at the idea that the President of the United States failed to meet the objective of vaccinating more people. That's the reason 67% of Republicans prefer a Russian President over the American President. That's the reason 82% believe that Russians are less of a threat than Democrats. A few weeks ago, I published an article that says, why America will fall. And I don't publish the article in order to just write about America's fall, but simply to point out the individuals that are actually contributing to the fall of America. Those individuals are not foreign individuals. They're not Russian, they're not Chinese, they're not North Korean. They are Republican, American citizens who are working to destroy America. They're not doing it in secrecy. They're not even doing it behind closed doors. Publicly, they're doing that. On January 6th, we watch, we watch Republican in the street of Washington, 
we watch them ransacking, destroying the capital. We watch Republican doing all those things to our nation. And guess what? What we watch on the screen was just, just a small aspect of what was really going on in America. Because you found that incited by the former president of the United States, those people, you could say they were ignorant people, you could say they didn't know any better, you could say they were stupid people, they were all ransacking the capital. But as I put it out, the problem that we're having with what's going on in the country is because the threat that America is confronting is not coming from the outside. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's not North Korea. It's the Republicans, both the Republican leaders and the Republican constituent today represent the greatest threat ever since the existence of America. And the reason is very simple. They're destroying America, but they don't think what they're doing is wrong. They're blaming the other side that's trying to prevent further erosion of our democracy. They're blaming Democrats for pointing out that they are become enemies of this great country. America will fall because the enemies that are destroying America are within. America will fall because the Republican leaders who are support, who actually took an oath to defend, to protect the Constitution of the United States, are the ones destroying it. America will fall because the Republican leaders don't see any problem deceiving their constituent to do what's wrong, to destroy, to run the country to the ground. So it's not a question that is asked for the sake of asking. It's a question that's worth exploring. It's a question that should be in the forefront of your mind. It's a question that you should have when you look at your children, when you look at your grandchildren. Is there hope for America? Because if you continue to support those Republican legislators that are destroying America, no, is not, there is no hope for America. Because January 6, 2021, every time that I think of that date, it sent chill to my bone. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is, what if Republicans were in control of the House? The reason that Donald Trump was not 
there was no challenge. The reason that they did not make certain that the result of the election was not reversed is because they were not in charge of the House. But what if the Republicans were in charge? Then everything that we know about the Constitution of the United States would have been thrown out. Because despite the fact that the Republicans were not in control, they tried their best to change the Constitution of the United States. They tried their best to ignore the Constitution of the United States. So when we say, is there hope for America? If you are a true American patriot, that should be of grave concern to you as well. That we have today leaders of the Republican Party that are not working for America, but that instead would use every possible opportunity to destroy America if that is going to benefit them politically. Unfortunately, the Republican constituents are not smart enough to realize that is the case. And as such, America is not just in decline. America is falling. Is there hope for America? The rest of us that at least can see the writing on the wall, the rest of us that understand what the Republican leaders are doing to the country, it is now up to us to make certain they do not succeed because they're not working for the United States of America. They're not doing anything on behalf of the United States of America. And if we fail to act, it's not just their children that are going to pay the price. Your children, your grandchildren will too suffer the consequences of their action. I do hope you join me again next week because we will continue this conversation and we will continue to expose the action of the Republicans that are putting the United States of America in the worst predicament since its existence. My name is Mike Duchel. This is Sluzar the place for common sense. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. See you next week. That was an update through the prism of common sense. Join us again next week. I am MD, host of the Suzor program, the place for common sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestions, or simply let us know how to work. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful weekend. See you soon.
I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around. And the rumpus and rock get so comfortable now. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. So I got an apartment across from the park. Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Here we go. Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the People Branch publication, which can be found on the People Branch website located at peoplebranch.org. That's P E O P L E B R A N C H.org. That's peoplebranch.org website in which you will find a number of very interesting articles my name is Mike Duchenne MD for short I hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening whichever it happens to be hopefully you can join me again next time for another interesting episode of this podcast that, that was Suza live from New York good day <laughs>